Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our special guest speaker. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. I met Tasha last year and I was immediately impressed. And I was impressed with his heart. He genuinely loves the Lord and he's not shy about it. And it shows, I, I love to see people that never allowed the life experience to kill the inner child in them. Because that's the only being in you that can truly interact with God. Jeshua is older than me, turns out. I thought he's younger. I don't know. I said, what's up, dude? How do you do that? He said, curry. <laughs> you got to eat more curry these days. But anyway, well, he's slightly uh, older than me, just a few months. But uh, he, is, he has kept this child in sight intact. And that's why the Lord is using him mightily. He has a strong prophetic spirit. He gave me his like, information. He, he's an important person in different organizations, but I don't really care. Because I care for the heart of a child can, that can behold the Lord with the big, wide, open eyes. And that's Jeshuram. So Jeshur, come and minister to us. I'm going to pray for you. So please open up and receive the word. Father, I thank you so much for my brother. Oh, Lord, you're so good, Lord. Just minister to us through him today. Soften our hearts. Help us to open our hearts and receive us from you. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's turn the phone on. There we go. Good morning, Bridge Church. Awesome. Don't want this to fall here. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Love the leadership here. Got to know them last year. We connected in our spirit, connected in our heart. I mean, if you know that, when you have the people with the right DNA, you know, there's this, there's this covenant thing that takes place, the right value, the right belief system, the, the right vision in, for, for the body of Christ, for the kingdom of God. So I just fell in love with, with your leadership here, got to know them a little bit more, and it's an honor to be here. And I want to thank my good buddy, Stephen Bell. We've known each other for a long time. We've traveled the nations together, ministered together, and I'm so grateful and thankful for the relationships that God has given me. Yeah, you know, you can, you can have a great ministry, you can uh, do great things for the Lord and everything, but doing things alone is not fun. Doing things alone is not fun. That's why we are the body, right? That's why you and I are the body of Christ. It's the expression. The body of Christ is the expression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a story of heaven. The story of heaven is powerful, and that's the gospel. God so loved the world that he gave, right? So that you and I can come into that relationship. I love Jesus' prayer on John 17. Father, let them be one like you and I are one. Come on. That's what God wants, the oneness of the body. And I was working together. Working together with one purpose is to bring heaven on earth. 
That's not only the pastor's responsibility. That's not only the staff's responsibility. That's not only people who are called to be ministers or missionaries' responsibility. It's all of our responsibility, right? Because we are the children of God, sons and daughters. You and I are the army of God to advance the kingdom of God with the message of love and hope and faith. Come on, Springfield. Come on, Bridge. You need to get excited, right? You have a mission. Some of you are wondering, is like, what's my purpose? What, what am I called to? That's it. If you want one, grab hold of that, right? Grab hold of that. Run with that. Run with that. There's an anointing on your life. There's an anointing on this church, and I'm so honored to be here. My spirit is just charged, just charged. I got to watch the time because I'm Indian. We Indians preach like two hours. That's what we're used to. <laughs> right? So, great. Hey, I, was, uh, I have a word for you guys. I know you guys are going through a series. I want to thank Dennis for giving me the freedom to just release whatever the Holy Spirit is doing here. And uh, that kind of attitude tells you the posture of the leaders in this church, right? Basically, what, what I heard Dennis say is like, hey, not our agenda, but his agenda, right? Because when you have that kind of posture, they're equipping, they're empowering, the, the oh, training people for the work of the ministry, man, it's powerful, powerful, powerful. So have a word, and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, encouraging to you. I really want you um, this morning, I really feel like the Spirit of God is going to take you to a different perspective as, as a church and as an individual, as a community for this region. That's what I sense. I'm really excited. And um, I was at Wes's office, right, praying for this morning and just like, this is what the Lord spoke to me, Wes. I felt like God is going to birth the worship school in Bridge. I felt like there was a worship school that's going to get birth. I feel like people are going to, young people are going to come, artists are going to come who have a passion to release the sound of heaven, right? The songs of heaven, right? Because that's what we need to do. We need to be releasing the sound and the voice and the songs of heaven. I really feel like God is giving you the capacity and the grace to steward that kind of anointing so that it will go from here to the cities, to the region, and to the nations. And to the nations. I also sense, Wes, that there's grace on you. God has, I don't know whether God has spoken to you about this or not, but I really feel like there's the grace. The time is now. Don't wait too long. The time is now because 2024 is there's an anointing of the open door anointing into 2024 that God is going to release. And there's an Issachar anointing for 2024 that God is wanting to release for people, for leaders to come to a place of because the Issachars knew the time and the season. They knew the time and the season. Why is that so important? Because you can respond according to the heartbeat of heaven. Right? Because when, as a church, as the body of Christ, as we respond to the heartbeat of heaven, man, things happen, things move. Right? Things happen, things move. So I just released that over you, over this house. I really feel like nations are going to come. 
Nations are going to come. I feel like this church is going to get filled with instruments from all over the world. All over the world because there is an anointing for worship. Remember the Israelites, the ark went before. The presence of God went before the army because that's what praise, the word praise, it means breakthrough, to plow. Right? I really feel like this next season with worship, with what you guys carry here, there's going to be a plowing and a breakthrough that's going to come. It's going to shift. It's going to shift the atmosphere in the region because that's what happens. Because when you're worshiping, what you're doing is you're lifting the name of Jesus. The scripture says, as you lift my name, he will draw all men unto him. Right? The worship is so key. That, that, that place of the presence is so key. Because people are attracted to the presence of God. They're attracted to the presence of God. Because there's sound and music moves you. Have you listened to certain music, worship songs and you just start crying? Yeah? You just listen to a song and you just start crying. Why? It's because that, that song, the words and the presence, what's being released is moving you from the inside out. The only expression that you know to do is to cry or to kneel or to bow. Amen? Yeah. So I just want to release that to you guys. Was that good? So get ready, Bridge. Get ready, Bridge, because you're going to bridge people's heart to heaven to the anointing of worship and the school that's going to, come, that's going to get birth. It's like, I feel like nations are coming. Nations are coming. Yeah. Whew. Release that. Okay, hey, the passage of scripture this morning that we're going to look at and I, is Exodus chapter uh, 17, and there's an ask from 8 to 16, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation and stuff, and this is about the Israelites, right? They were in bondage for 400 years. They were bondage for 400 in Egypt, praying God to deliver them, Right? And the Lord sends the deliverer, Moses, who did not want to have that job at all. He's like, not me. Okay, pick somebody else. But God said, no, I'm going to pick you. Remember, see that? So God does not look at what you've done. He looks at who you are called to be and your assignment. Amen? So Moses said yes to the call. And he leads the people. They didn't want, they didn't want Moses. They're like, who are you? How do we know that God chose you? Right? And you see the signs and wonders that take place. And Moses goes, let my people go. These are the people of God. Let them go. So they let them go. And they're all excited, rejoicing, and going, yes, we are free. And they come into the wilderness. And you see the Egyptian army chasing after them. They're stuck in a cul-de-sac, front of the Red Sea. God uses Moses, you know, to, to deliver them. And that miracle that takes place, even with all the miracles that were all taking place, what were the Israelites doing? Whining and complaining. It would have been better for us to go back to Egypt. You brought us here to die. 
And Moses goes, these are the people that you gave me, God. Do something about it. Right? And God goes, no, I've anointed you. You do something about it. There are times where God also goes to Moses. Moses, I'm tired of my people. I'm tired of their complaining. I'm tired of their grumbling. Even though they had the pillar of cloud and fire every day as a sign of wonder. They're like, we don't have enough food. We can't eat this thing. We need some meat. There's no water. We're thirsty. We're dying. Why did God bring us here? It's not so easy to lead a complaining, grumpy people. Right? How many of you want to lead that kind of people? That's why Moses, I have so much respect for Moses. So much respect for Moses. All right? In midst of it, they are, there are enemies attacking them. Remember, whenever you're going after the promises of God, enemy is not happy. He wants to come and attack you. Right? They were going to a place where God had promised them. All right? That's where they're going. A place to worship. The place to experience the land of milk and honey and the fruit and the blessing and everything. That was the thing. That's where they were leading. That's where Moses was leading them. That was the mission. But there were attacks. Let's read in Exodus 17, starting from verse 8. When the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Melech, Melechites, attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalekites for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalekites. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in the hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Malachites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. That's powerful right there. We can spend a whole week on that one. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hand, so his hand held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalekite in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it out loud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of the Amalekites from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with the Amalekites generations after generations. Father, we thank you for this word. God, I submit to you right now. Lord, I pray that your word has power. Your presence is here. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through these passages of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
It's very interesting. I was looking at this, just the verse 8 right there. It says, while the people of Israel was still in Rephidim, a warrior from Amalekite attacked them. Israel means God prevails. Okay? The word Israel means God prevails. Rephidim means resting place. Okay? And the Amalekites, their, their name meaning is dwellers in the valley. So when you put all those things together, God prevails in the resting place against the valley dwellers. Where's the, where's the battle happen? The battle always happened in the valley. That's where, that's where the, the, the battle happens. That's where the enemy reigns. That's where things happen. It's in the valley. How many of you have had mountaintop experiences, valley experiences? Right? That's what's going on here. So I believe that there's an attack for the resting place. See, the enemy wants us to be stressed out, but God is wanting us to be in the resting place. Because when you're stressed, you're not focused on him. You're more focused on you fixing things. When you're resting in him, you're completely dependent on him saying, God, I don't know how this is all going to happen, but you got it. I'm going to rest in your resting place. Yeah, because that's what, that's what Jesus has done. He's brought us to that resting place with the Father. The world is looking for a resting place. It's all chaotic right now, everywhere. God is not budged by it. He's not worried about it or anything. He's like, I got my resting place for my people. My people. Amen. So Moses commanded, commanded Joshua, says, choose some men to go out and fight the army. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. All right. I want to demonstrate something with you guys. Neil, here's the Moses that we have here, okay? Your Moses. Right now, why don't you stand here? Okay, I need some Joshua's. Where's our youth pastor? Come on, bring your wife up here. Yes, perfect. Perfect. This is what's going on. So we got, we, got, we got Moses. We got the Joshua and the Caleb's right here. The, end, the, the, the next generation. So there's been a commandment from the leader, from the father, from the elder of the house for them to go for battle. All right? So why don't you guys stand there? You're battling. <laughs> you're fighting. You're defeating the valley dwellers right there. So here is Moses, okay? Moses has an assignment, so does Joshua has an assignment, okay? It's very different. So Moses' assignment was to go on the top of the hill, right? That's what he said. Tomorrow, you go and fight the enemy. I'm going to go on top of the hill, all right? So he goes on top of the hill. Right there. 
And Aaron and her go with him as well. So come on, Dennis. We have Aaron here. Where's Wes? Wes is right there. Wes, are you able to come up here? Awesome. Great. Why don't you guys stand here? Yep. Yep. Turn, turn that way. Turn towards Joshua and Caleb. Because you guys are up on the, up on the mountain. Okay? You guys can stand. Come, come on the edge over here. All right. So we want, we, want, we, want, we want to have the distance between the mountain and the valley. Right? Yeah. Cool. So this is what's going on. Right? They're fighting the battle. Here they are up on the hill. Okay? So it is so important that, that Moses is top of the hill. Why? Because for you, for Moses to see what's going on, he has to go to a higher level. He has to go to a higher level to see what is going on there. All right? So whenever Moses lifted his staff up, okay, they were winning. All right? So he was holding his staff up. They were winning. These guys are right there next to him, Aaron and her. And so, so he got tired. All right? He got tired. All right? So, okay, keep, keep your hand up. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's tired. Because what does the staff represent in Moses' life? Authority, right? It was a sign that God was with him. Okay? From the beginning itself, he knew for, for Moses said, how do, how do I know you're with me? How are people going to know you are with me? What did he say? Throw the staff down. And it turned into a serpent, right? He picked it up, turned back into a staff, right? So for Moses, this was just not a staff. It was a sign of God in his life, the calling of God that God was with him. Okay? When they were parting the Red Sea, what would God say? Stretch out your staff, right? And part the Red Sea. All right? And he's also told that on the staff there were testimonies written. All the testimonies that were written on the staff for Moses to remind himself that what had God has done, God is doing and going to do. Amen? So it was just not a staff that was Christ. So, so many times what happens is that for us to see victory, we need to lift up the testimony. Okay, how do we overcome the enemy? Blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, right? This is what's going on. See, <laughs> that's good. See that. See what's going on. So he's holding that and he's tired. He's tired because he's not meant to do things alone. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. What did Joshua say? Joshua said, don't go alone, but take some men with you. Why is that important? Because he's like, Joshua, you, because the kingdom of God is all about team. It's all about team. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. You're not going to last. And you guys have seen that happen. We've seen ministries and ministers who are not committed to a team. They're not lasting too long. What does the team do? The team is there to encourage. The team is there to lift, 
come alongside one another, right? Hold each other accountable. If you're going sidetracked, it's like, hey, brother, let's stay in the lane, what God has called us to, all right? So he's not meant to do things alone. So his hand was down. Whenever he got tired, Joshua was losing. Joshua was losing. See, he would have not known that if he was not on the high place. With that perspective, that heavenly perspective is so important. All right? So as he was saying, now what did Aaron and her do? They lifted it up. Okay? Lifted it up. And before they did that, what else did they have them do? Sit on the rock. This is a different. This is a modern rock right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sat on the rock. All right. See, it's so important for Moses to sit on the rock. Who is the rock? Christ Jesus. Come on. It's a perfect picture of us as the body of Christ. We are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. Right. Right? So he's sitting there. And at the same time, for, for Aaron and her to carry the burden with Moses, it's better for Moses to sit down than standing up. Because it's, it's spread out evenly. It's spread out evenly. Then what, what's the scripture say that? They were in battle until sundown. Sundown. See, we need both generations to advance the kingdom of God. Right? We need both generations. Until the sun went down, there were fathers and mothers who are on the hill trusting the Lord. This is what the Lord has done. This is the testimony in our life. Now you run. You go for the battle. Okay, Joshua's and Caleb's, you know, stand and fight the battle that God has called you to fight. Right? So, so God tells Moses to tell, write this thing down. What happened today? Write this thing down so that Joshua does not forget it. How many of you know there's things that God has done in our lives that we forget? There are times God asked Moses to say, write these things down or set up a memorial here so the generationals can remember. See, when God is doing something, he's not only doing for the moment, he is doing generationally. I, I really feel like the, the title of my message is generational empowerment. Generational empowerment. All right? So we need... The Moseses and Aaron and her. Okay? We need the Joshua's and Caleb's who, who, are, who, are, who are willing to fight, who are willing to obey the command of the Lord. Because Moses was the man that sought the Lord. He had the word of the Lord with him. The commandment of the Lord with him to declare, to do, to obey. Right? Remember when, when Moses left the tent Joshua stayed back, right? 
Because Joshua was watching Moses. He wanted that same relationship. He wanted that same encounter. This morning. So as long as you guys as bridge are on the top of the hill, seeking him, getting his instructions, and declaring what he has done in bridge, right? All the testimonies and stuff. I believe their young people are going to rise up and they're going to fight the battle that we're facing today. It's like, that's, that's your guys' job here. Your guys' hand. And I'm so glad that you're one of the leaders here because I think you're spiritually, prophetically, you're kind of the bridge between, between the generations that God has placed you here. Okay, the bridge is just not the nice word. I really feel like it's a prophetic declaration, the anointing and grace that God has put on this church to bridge things, to bridge things, all right, from, from, from pain and hopelessness to, to joy and deliverance. It's a transition place. It's a transition place. It's a place of invitation for people to come, come to the other side, come to the other side. Come to the other side of victory. Come to the other side of the testimony of God. Come to the other side of your calling. Come to the other side of your destiny. That's the anointing that you guys carry. So do not stop inviting people to bridge. You're just not inviting them just to come for a Sunday morning experience. You're calling them and you're inviting them to go to the other side of what God has for them. Is this making sense? Yeah, but as long as these guys, their responsibility is to be on the hill with that perspective, equipping you, training you, speaking to you from the heavenly perspective, because why? We're seated in heavenly places. Heavenly places. That's their responsibility. Their responsibility is not here. This is your guys' responsibility. You're fighting. They're responsible to equip and train and empower you and release you. But they're there, right there with you. Not alone. They're right there with you. And they're going to remind you of the testimonies of God. Remember the testimonies. Remember the testimonies. Neil, I really feel like you're going to write a book on testimonies. Yeah, it's going to be the bridge testimonies. You're going to start writing testimonies. As a father, as a father, all the things that God has done. All the things. Because you've been tested and tried. And testimonies are coming out of that. And it's going to be generational. Generational. They'll be like, how did you get here? You're going to go, it's going to be my great, 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 great. Grandpa, this testimony. Yeah, because that's what happens with testimony. It creates momentum. Because one testimony leads to another testimony. So share your testimony to others. Because it's the spirit of prophecy, right? Testimony is a spirit of prophecy that leads people in there. So, yeah. So I wanted you guys to see that because this is exactly what's happening. Okay, there's a generational empowerment that's taking place. Okay, generational empowerment taking place. Thank you, guys. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm done with the show. I felt like this is what the Lord was saying. Say, God is not delaying you, Bridge. He's preparing you to steward generationally for sustainable increase that will impact this region and nations. Going to this is what the Lord said. God is not delaying you. If you're sensing that, wipe that out. That's a lie from the enemy. He is preparing you to steward generationally for sustainable increase that will impact this region and nations. There's a preparation that's happening here. The transition that's taking place and everything, it's a preparation for generational, sustainable increase. Just not increase, but sustainable increase. It's a ripple effect that's going to take place. It's going to look different, but it's connected. It's connected. So, but it's to impact this region and nations. I feel that so strongly. It's never like when I was just preparing, just this is what the Lord spoke to me. I told my wife, my wife was like in the car, praying in the car. I was like, babe, that's a, that's a powerful word. I'm like, I know. I want that word for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing with the prophetic thing. You know, the word of God is alive and everything. So if you hear a prophetic word for somebody and that rings true to your spirit, take it. Take it. I do that at times. And I took this word for me. And it's not only for bridge. I'm speaking that over me as well. Amen. So, okay, here's, here's I want to give you four things. Real four things. To see generational empowerment, you need to cultivate a culture, number one, of honor. You got to cultivate a culture of honor. Just not honoring one generation, both generations, like we're talking about. All right? Why? One is not better than the other. All right? You need the wisdom. Okay? You need the wisdom, but you also need the strength. You got to honor both. Young people, honor the wisdom. You need it. You need it. They might not do Instagram like you. They might not do the TikTok. They might not do all this stuff. But you, there's wisdom and experience here that you need. So sit at their feet and receive the wisdom. All right? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody's, they're not perfect. Don't expect them to be perfect. Yeah. But you have to... You have to posture yourself in such a place as like, look, I know you got something I need. Pour into me. Okay? I believe that there, there, there's, a, there's an invitation to the young people, this, this Joshua generation, to pull out the, the wisdom and everything that's there in Moses' lives. The wisdom that's there. Because to the level that I posture... It's to the level there's going to be impartation that's going to come. All right? I have a spiritual father. 
He's, he's, a, he's a friend. He's a spiritual father and everything. There are times he wears different hats. I have to be really sensitive to him what kind of hat he's wearing. Is he wearing a friend's hat? Is he wearing a leader's hat? Is he wearing a mentor's hat? You know? So I position myself according to that because I want to honor him to where he's at. I'm not waiting for him to come to where I'm at. No, no, no. I'm going to him to receive. I call him every week. Every week. Sometimes he talks to me as a friend. Sometimes he talks to me as a father. And sometimes he talks to me as a mentor. And I posture myself that way because I want to receive. Amen? Number two, don't compare but celebrate. Comparing kills empowerment. Don't compare. Celebrate. When you see something that's there, celebrate. Look what the Lord is doing. Look what the Lord has done. Celebrate. I think there's celebration that needs to happen in both places. Celebrate what God is doing. To the level you celebrate, you will activate. Got to get this. To the level that you celebrate, you will activate. You'll activate the call of God. You will activate the assignment of heaven over the next generation. Because when I'm celebrating, I'm not looking at what's wrong. I'm looking at what's right. Okay? When I'm celebrating, I'm not looking at what's wrong. I'm looking at what's right. And that's why it's so important that, that fathers and mothers are climbing up the hill to see his perspective. Because his, his perspective always looks at the good. Always looks at the good. There's an attack of the enemy over our young people nowadays. All right? And people are, don't have the right perspective. So instead of blessing and celebrating, they're cursing. They're giving up. Oh, then level change. Only if it was in our day. We were like this. Nowadays, young people, you know, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's get to that higher place and say, God, let me see what you're seeing. And I want to keep declaring that and calling those things out. Over your children, over your grandchildren. Don't just look at their circumstances. Get God's perspective and call out the gold in them. Call out. Prophesy. Prophesy over them. Number three, you got to have an empowering mindset. Okay, don't try to change their behavior. Go after their heart. That's for both generations. Don't try to change their behavior. Go after their heart. Because God is not into behavior modification. He's not into heart transformation. Yeah. You know why we go after behavior? Because we make it about us. We make it about us. We get in the fix-it mode. I want to fix it. Okay, my youngest son. That's what I learned from my youngest son. My youngest son wanted to go to another state, be close to his girlfriend. <laughs> right? Teresa and I did not have peace about it. We wrestled together about it. 
and we're talking to him. And he starts yelling, screaming, start, start saying things that was not according to our heart because that's what he was sharing. That's what he was feeling. He's like, this is what you guys think of me. This is what you, you think I'm going to do. This is what, so what? I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? See, I had to get to the point where I had to get a little higher in that situation. And I said, God, what's, what's your perspective here? What's your perspective? And the Lord said, son, you're operating in fear for your son. You're making this all about you, not him. One of the things that I told my son is like, we don't want you to be outside our covering. If you disobey, you're going to be outside our covering. As soon as I said that, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, how many times have you been out of my covering and I've covered you? I was like, that's spiritual manipulation there. Right? It is. Yeah. Because it's motivated out of fear, not love. Because love covers the multitude of sin. Love protects. Okay? And love also brings to victory. Right? So Teresa and I, we both in tears, repented to my son. It's like, son, please forgive us for, for parenting you in a place of fear instead of trusting and resting. Trusting and resting. Because he was in that valley, struggling, figuring things out. As we repented, we all came to that resting place and saying, we're just going to trust God with this. Okay? Today he's married. I'm a grandpa. (laughs) You know, they live with us. And my relationship with my son has gotten a whole level deeper than it was before. Whole level deeper. All right. Number four, the last one. Believe. Believe in who they are, not what they can do. Believe in who they are, not what they can do. As a church, we need to be really careful that we're empowering the gifting and not the person. Does that make sense? We want the gifting of the young people, their talent and everything. When they mess up, we push them away. And that's not God's heart. It's not God's heart. You got to go beyond the gifting and going, hey, you messed up. We're here because we see you the way God sees you. We're not going to see you according to your circumstances. We're not going to see you according to your choices. We're going to see you according to how God sees you. Because when you start doing that, God will give you the discernment. God will give you the strategy. God will give you the heart to disciple and mentor them so that they can go to the next level that God has called them to be. feel like there's an anointing and grace over the bridge for generational empowerment. It's not only for the church, but also feel like there's mothers and fathers here. 
that you're listening right now to this word and it's like, ah, I messed up. I wish I'd not done this longer, but I'm telling you, it's never too late. Today is a great day to go up higher and to get God's perspective. Amen. Today is a great day for young people to sit at the feet of mothers and fathers and receive the wisdom. Receive it because I believe that together we can advance the kingdom of God and see the kingdom of God in Springfield. Changed. People delivered, healed, saved. Stuff because God is into family. God is into family. Because from the beginning, God wanted a family. And that's what he's going after. He's going after his family. He's like, I want my family back. I want my sons and daughters back. And bridge, that's what you're bridging right now in the spirit. Everything that you're doing and stuff, you're creating a place for family, a safe place for people to come and be who they are. And encounter and be awakened to their destiny. Amen? So let's go after it. Amen? Awesome. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.